This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And as we always like to do and like to say on a Thursday program, we will get coordinated. You're going to hear a little bit from Travis Trickett and Bob Shoup. Also a couple clips from the football radio show that was live at World of Beer on Fowler Avenue on a Wednesday night from Jeff Scott and from Brian Gregory of the men's basketball team. Actually, you're going to hear some basketball in this first block because a certain member of the women's team has been named the preseason conference player of the year. We'll give you a chat with Elena Chinecki here shortly. Also last night after the football radio show, things were going well. Looked like it was going to be another typical USF men's soccer match against Stetson, which means a win for the Bulls because, well, they hadn't lost to Stetson since 1998, and they had won the last eight. And then things changed in the final minute. You know, we usually plan on replaying the matches. Don't think we're going to be replaying that one, but we'll replay the pertinent highlights so you can hear what went down. If you'd like, that'll be at the end of this show. Still a chance for the Bulls to quickly erase the memory of last night's 3-2 defeat on the horizon if there's going to be a positive out of that. Definitely a positive here, as I said, the American Athletic Conference preseason player of the year as the media days began yesterday for the American Athletic Conference, both men's and women's basketball. Just so happened that yesterday was also photo shoot day for both the Bulls teams, and I was posted up there inside the Mooma Center. It was definitely a different setup, tucked away in the hardwood club of the Yingling Center underneath. And then in the past, whatever the sport is, football and volleyball and soccer, whoever, they would sort of slide on over to my little room there. But this was different and very cool right there on the what is usually the women's basketball practice court in the Moomis Center. It's where all the photo stations were set up. And I got to set up my little interview table. You're going to hear from a baker's dozen between the men's and the women's basketball teams. If you're curious on the men's side, definitely got a chance to talk to all three experienced players who are expected to probably be starters, if not Full-time contributors, Tyler Harris, Keyshawn Bryant, Selton Miguel. Also spoke to Big Russ, Russell Chiwa. We will give you that conversation tomorrow. Just another note, I will be off except for Monday next week. I'm actually taking a vacation for the bye week, so you won't hear many of these conversations until the week after next, but won't make you wait to hear Russ Chiwa. Of course, we all know the importance of that story, and you're actually going to hear in our second block what Brian Gregory had to say last night about him. But point is, was able to have a lot of Good conversations, met several newcomers on the women's team as well. But today we'll bring you the first of the what will be many conversations on Bulls Beat with the preseason player of the year, also preseason predicted conference champion is your USF women's basketball squad of Jose Fernandez as the coaches do the voting here. And it's interesting to note, of course, if you're a coach putting in your ballot, your team is not even on the ballot, so you can't vote for yourself. So whenever you see a situation where there was only one other team getting a first-place vote, you know it was unanimous. Houston actually got another first-place vote from a different coach, but the Bulls still clearly the preseason conference favorite, 99 points on the point scale. Houston second with 89, then a pretty big drop-off to SMU in third place. Tulsa fourth, Tulane and Memphis tied for fifth. Interesting that the defending champion, UCF, picked to finish eighth. That's how much the Knights lost. Katie Abrahamson Henderson, their coach, is now the coach at Georgia. A lot of her talented players entered the transfer portal and or graduated. The best one, Diamond Battles, who was the conference player of the year, is now with her at Georgia. So that would explain 
why the defending champion, both in the regular season and in the conference tournament, is picked to finish eighth. Preseason player of the year, Elena Chinecki, also on the all-conference first team, is center Dulce Fankamengiadu. Man, I had an interesting conversation with her. In fact, we'll go ahead and tell you that on tomorrow's show, we'll give you both centers for the team. So along with Russ Chiwa, you'll hear from Dulce as well. But Elena Chinecki was the leading scorer for the Bulls, 14.3 points per game, which was a career high. She's always averaged between 12 and 14 points for the Bulls. Great free throw shooter, 86% on her career and somebody that can dish the rock as well. And really in several games when they needed her, she took over part of the conversation here that I had with Elena. With Elena Chineke, who, okay, might as well just get it out in the open. Um, you're the preseason player of the year in the conference, and you don't look like you know, have some sort of cocky attitude, but I'm sure it's pretty cool news. What did you think when you heard it? I mean, uh, it's pretty cool, but it doesn't mean anything until I get there. So for now, I just have to erase that from my mind and just be the best every day. That's just like the perfect answer. It really is. And I and I, I knew I know that's how you are and I know that's how you would feel. But obviously you did some things in your career so far that would make people think that highly of you. What do you think? What parts of your game can get even better? So what I do need to get better at is just improve on leadership and show my team is that I'm there for that for them anytime they need me and just work hard and lead by example. That's the best thing I could do for, for me and for everybody here in USF. Yeah. We know who the leaders are here uh, the last few years, and you know who has left the team. So um, did you right away kind of decide that that's what you needed to do? And um, what leadership have you given maybe already to some of the new, new girls? Uh, well, I think it's just a great opportunity for me. God, I think he, he gave me that opportunity to lead. That's something I haven't done in the past years. And... Uh, I just have to get out of my comfort zone and do what it takes to be a great leader and uh, somebody that works hard. Is there anything you can do uh, that has nothing to do with being on the basketball court as far as your teammates that maybe can be part of that leadership? Whenever I try to like, say something or uh, push somebody, I just sometimes I don't use just basketball. I think it's just a, a life aspect as well. I always, I always connect those two. Uh, I think basketball is life, and it really, it really can prove that every time. The, the work you put here, it translates in the game. The work you put as a, when you're trying to be a better person, it translates in life in general. So I think those two go together. That's very nice, man. You're starting to get me a little bit emotional. Let's get back to basketball then. <laughs> All right, listen, there was some talk about getting emotional. You even stepped it up last year. It started, I know we talked about it last time, in the conference championship against UCF two years ago. And then last year, several games, you really took over. Davis puts up a wild shot at Bank Center. Are you kidding? Stairs at the bench, 45 to 41. I mean, that was a heave in all sense of the word. That's not a heave, that's a drive to the hoop by Chinecki. She's wanting it, and that's a good sign. As I said, 45-43 Memphis, 50 seconds to go. Chinecki wants to drive. Oh, Pinjama's was open for a three. Chinecki with five, needs to drive in. A Euro step and score. Elena Chinecki, a big finish to the third quarter, and we are tied. Turn it on after a long drought with three makes in a row, all by Elena Chinecki a game that was close, and then you would score the next 10 points. You really wanted the ball. Is that something where the coaching staff came to you and said, Elena, take it over? Or do you just sort of get that feeling inside of you and do it yourself? Okay. I feel like coaches want me to do that anyways, but I, it was something that it came from the inside because I just love it here. I love yourself, and I want to do the best I can do 
to win games. And if that takes me to just do an extra thing, an extra step, I'll just do that. Well, it's not like there's no one else on the team that can do it. But exactly. It, but I can tell when. Is there another name for that, Elena? Because it seems like that Elena, when she's in take over the game mode, do you have a nickname for that person? Well, my teammates, when I get in that area, in that zone, they tell me, oh, my gosh, Elena, beast mode activated. I, we can see that. So they tell me that every time. But they really, when that happens, it's good for me. It's, it's my great motivation. That's that's. I'm glad you you actually have a name for it because I would have given you one. And uh, I get the same thing doing the broadcast. I get into beast mode, Derek Sharp sometimes. But <laughs> bringing it back to you and your team, uh, is there somebody else on the team? Maybe one of the new girls, not to put pressure on them, that kind of has a little of that in them, or is it too early? I mean, I know they're freshmen. Anybody in the team? And uh, you know, you got Sammy, and you got Priscilla as well, and, and Caitlin. I mean, is there somebody in that group too? Maybe that's got that a little bit. I'm gonna tell you right now, if we do it together. I think everybody, everybody's energy will just pass to each other and everybody will have that beast mode on. And I think there's a lot of uh, people in the team that can do that and I trust everybody that will do that. So yeah, that's good. All right, so if we call the Bulls a pack of beasts this year, it's a compliment, it's a compliment. You're the best, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're actually the best. Thank you. Really, really funny person, by the way, and you could see both sides of her. She is going to be very intense and a big leader on the court, but also a fun one to talk to off of it as well. As we say, we like to get coordinated on a Thursday. A little bit of Travis Trickett and Bob Shoup here in a second. But first, some of the football radio show, the entirety of which you can hear on replay several times over the next few days. But a little bit from Coach Scott on two key topics. First of all, quarterback and the improvement of Gary Bohannon. I'm really uh, pleased with how uh, Gary has, has played the last two weeks and and obviously, uh, you know, he got off to a slow start, just like our team did, really, the first couple of weeks. And then, you know, after a, a gutsy performance against Florida, you know, he, he banged his shoulder up and really, you know, was not 100% the next two weeks. And uh, obviously had some wide receivers that were in and out uh, due to some injury. But, you know, really feel like uh, Gary's getting into a, a rhythm. And, um, you know, I think our ability to run him, uh, he, you know, a lot of the plays that we do are uh, RPO, right, run-pass options, where he's, he's having to make decisions once the ball is snapped. And uh, as a coach, he's making uh, a lot of really good decisions with that. And I think his ability to run with the ball is a, an added dynamic for us that is allowing us maybe to keep some of the defenses uh, off balance. And then just overall, his leadership within the offense, within the team, I've really seen uh, him uh, become comfortable in that role here these last few weeks and, and look forward to him continuing to lead us here during the second half of the season. And then we discussed in generalities the injuries he did a lot during his press conference on Tuesday about just how much this team has had to overcome. They got a little bit more specific on some key hopeful returners. I think we'll have a chance to get a few guys back. One guy I'm really excited that hopefully is going to be able to get back in some capacity this week is Kelly Joyner. You know, Kelly, uh, outstanding running back and unfortunately got hurt in one of our early scrimmages and has been out all uh, fall camp and all season. And uh, Kelly's looked really good in practice uh, the last two days, and I don't think he'll be quite ready to, to go out there and, you know, play 20 or 30 snaps. But we're hopeful if he continues to do well these next uh, two days for him to at least be able to get back out there uh, in the mix a little bit. And uh, also Rashawn Yates is a guy at defensive tackle that we've really missed the last few weeks. And uh, with uh, Rashad Cheney going down, you know, last week, we really need to get Yates uh, back in the, the inside part of that lineup. So, Hopefully we get a couple guys back this week, and then you know I think that the, the bye week's coming at a really good time 
uh, starting next week to really have a chance to get the majority of our guys back. On that running back room, part of Travis Trickett's little exchange here with Joey Johnston on the improvement of the offense, but how a guy like Kwan Powell had to step in. I like how Coach mentions here went from the deepest position group in the building to quite thin, and still they were fine, but it'll be good to get more reinforcements. I think it's just stacking those plays, and then when your number's called, making something happen. You know what I mean? And and that's what goes comes down to. That's details. It comes down to, like, understanding, hey, situational football, what's the down distance, what are we calling? If I'm a if I got, if I'm a receiver with a route, and I got to have a great route plan, perfect example was the touchdown that uh, GB threw to weave on the end zone close to the locker room on the corner route. You know, if you look at Gary threw the ball before he even broke um, because we repped those, those throws over and over and over since fall camp through here. And that that timing and that that stuff paid off there, you know. And uh, and same thing with detail, having a route plan. Like we've had a great route plan to sell inside, stuff to put the ground, got the kid turned around, and hit vertical, knew when to stick it in the end zone, ran to the rent landmark that GB was throwing. So those things add up to those kind of plays. Um, people just think sometimes think it just happens, and um, we got to continue to do that and and just stay on these details because that's that's. That's what the difference is between this and coming out on the other end that we want to come out on. So um, that's what we're preaching to our guys. You know, everyone's got to work a little bit harder and a little bit longer. Again, we're working hard and long, but got to find some more out of you and then really just stretch yourself individually and collectively to try to be better at those details. Because if we all do that, we'll, we'll close the gap, as Coach Scott said. And do you think is the team to the, to the point of maturity where it can do that, that sort of thing? Is that, is that the next step? Yes, but it's also sometimes you got some inexperienced guys in there that have to play. You know, last week, Kwan Powell, who, you know, provided a spark for us, who was, you know, our deepest range running back room, and all of a sudden a bomb blows off, and we're three of our top four guys are out, and Bat's got to go. And Bat's been really good, but, you know, he's not 200 pounds and can carry load for the entire time. And so a guy like Kwan steps up and uh, coming off an injury, and his perseverance paid off, you know, and so, um, and but there's sometimes where you know K1 went the wrong way, being a redshirt freshman that's missed some time, you know, and so sometimes those things add up, and and it could be a routine thing, and usually like if you have your vet starting group out there, yeah, probably. Um, but the good thing is what's been encouraging. I do here's the maturity that I have seen is that the the teams coaching in each other. So if someone messes up there's somebody there, hey, you got to do this and get behind it. Or, hey, if we got this, like the offensive lines coaching each other, running backs coaching each other, for every position, wide outs. And, and so that maturity, that growth is there. I want to say it's growth more or less than having – I don't know if we're there yet maturity-wise overall just because it's in pieces. But I do believe that the growth is there, you know. And so we got to keep watering that growth and fertilizing that growth so then it's, it's roots are firm and we can go out there and – and get a W, put it all together on a Saturday. By the way, got to give a shout-out to Joey for being on that call. He, like me, was there at the Moomin Center working on interviews that he will be putting stories together on the basketball teams for GoESFBulls.com. Then it was kind of time to jet on over to the Selman to interview both Trickett and Bob Shoup. And you'll hear my conversations with those individuals in Hour 2 of our pregame show, so in the 3 o'clock hour on Saturday afternoon. But until then, here is a little of Coach Shoup. I thought he had some very poignant comments on the fact that the Bulls, of course, won't be with one of their leaders, Antonio Greer. But before that, he will sum up the Cincinnati performance and then get into 
missing Antonio Greer. If you missed it, Antonio's father passed away last week. Well, I mean, we had a start out with a good week of practice, you know, I thought, and, uh, you know, our leaders kind of set the pace. I mean, Dwayne Boyles is that guy. I mean, his leadership and his, uh, you know, his uh, demeanor are off the charts. And then, you know, it, it, we just got off to a better start. You know, the offense drove down the field and scored, and we got an interception in the first place. So, I mean, I think there's just a little – these are kids, right? And you have a little bit of success early. There was a little bit of a confidence level. You know, Cincinnati went and scored on the next couple drives, and we knew we were in the game. And it wasn't, you know, snowballed against us right there. So, when you know you're in the game, you're going to compete for the entirety of it. And, you know, you should all the time, but, I mean, I get it. And, uh, you know, at the end, unfortunately – you know, they made a couple more plays than we did or vice versa. We didn't make a couple plays that we needed to. I mean, it's similar in that respect to the Florida game and that we had a, a lead against a good team on the road in the fourth quarter and, um, and ended, up, uh, ended up not winning. So we take some positives away from it. Like we were five for seven on third down. Uh, we had a couple sacks. We had some tackles for loss. We competed. We had a nice fourth down stop, you know, but, but we recognized the object is to win and there's no, no moral victories with regard to that. I, I can't speak to how it's affected him. I mean, that, you know, that, that'd be a question for him. Um, it's a very personal thing. You know, I guess when we were in Fort Lauderdale, we found out his father had taken a turn for the worst and, you know, we got for, uh, Antonio home and I'm glad that he was able to be with his family and father before he passed. And then when he passed, I mean, I, I only saw him briefly because he's been kind of, you know, with his family and spending time with them since then we've touched base a few times via text and, um, you know, that, that's hard for anybody. I, I you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have both my parents alive still. And, um, you know, my wife's mother passed, you know, eight years ago. So, I mean, I've, I've seen this. I understand this. I know Antonio and his family and Antonio's father were close. So, I mean, I can only imagine what he's going through. But I hope Antonio knows that our thoughts and prayers are with him and, and we all have his back. Echo that right here. Also, I can tell you that Coach Shoup, I'm probably going to do this most interviews for our pregame show from here on out. Have him tackle a topic that may or may not pertain to the Bulls. And maybe you've noticed that some teams have been running some pick plays, not just against the Bulls, but in general in college football. So some great insight on that part of our pregame interview. Again, you can look forward to that during hour number two. During the two o'clock hour, the first hour heard exclusively on USF Bulls Unlimited, I can tell you that Joey Johnston slipped away and spoke to X himself, Xavier Weaver. So look forward to that. Also look forward to more instructions down the road as, of course, we are your 24-7 home of USF Sports on USF Bulls Unlimited. But our radio partners, 102.5 The Bone FM, not only with the Bulls broadcast, but with the Tampa Bay Lightning broadcast. The season just began a couple nights back, and they are going to, of course, cover that team very well. But there's going to be times, basically, when the Lightning and USF are playing at the same time. Now, trust me, all the Bulls broadcasts, especially football, will be on USF Bulls Unlimited. But I just want to make you aware and we'll continue to make sure people are fully trained and aware of the fact that there are going to be some USF games, for example, when both men's and women's basketball are playing at the same time on a different outlet. It's going to be the HD channel, the second channel for 1025. It's called Strike 1025. If you're in a car and you have HD radio, go ahead and lock it in 1025 HD2. Of course, the Bones regular channel on your radio is 1025 but the hd2 channel is up and running it's called strike 1025 and it is going to have not just live play-by-play events some usf basketball included it's also where the coaches show has been streaming live incidentally along with on bulls unlimited but more programming to come trust me on that more bulls beat to come including brian gregory and 
highlights, we'll make them brief, but hey, we call it Bulls Unlimited, not Bulls Limited only when they win. So you'll hear how Stetson pulled it off on the men's soccer pitch at Corbett Soccer Stadium when Bulls Beat continues. Back to the beat. Bulls Beat continues with Derek Sharp. A couple more programming reminders before we continue with the program. Friday's Mean a New Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. We're actually recording that on Thursday afternoon. And the guest will be none other than Lalo Prado, which means I can just turn my microphone off and listen to those guys and you can hear it. Starting Friday, we'll actually run it for the first time on the stream right before Bulls Beat. So probably around 8.30. Follow us on Twitter at Bulls Unlimited for the latest on that. And by the way, speaking of Twitter, I know that our pinned tweet at Bulls Unlimited talks about there's two channels on iHeart. That's not accurate. I've been trying to reaccess the Bulls Unlimited Twitter page. I can put stuff out on TweetDeck, thankfully, but long story short, we're trying to get that fixed. Ignore the part about two 24-7 channels and just know that we are streaming live on one channel, and it's now on the TuneIn app, and we love the TuneIn app, and it's where you can also hear Friday night some live volleyball. We'll be back on the microphone for that. Jim Lauk, I'm going to bring him on to the volleyball court at the Corral on Sunday for that match, and then men's soccer will be back, and so will I at Corbett Stadium Sunday night, looking to bounce back from last night. Now, the good news, it was not a conference match, it does not affect their NCAA tournament hopes at all. The Bulls are going to have to win the American Athletic Conference tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament. So losing to Stetson out of conference doesn't impact that at all. It's just, if you heard the broadcast, kind of a lesson. The Bulls had the huge win in conference against Tulsa on Sunday night. I don't think their heads were inflated because first half... They looked in control, and even though there was a Stetson goal mixed in the middle of these two highlights, the Bulls dominated and played well. Oh, there's a steal by Spengler, and gets it over to Rosano, has a chance to measure things, gets it off to his right foot, and that could be a goal, and it is. What a shot there by Oscar Rosano, his first goal of the season, and the Bulls have the early lead. Great to see Rosano get on the board. Kostanchik, who wants it back from Victoria, gets it on the right side. Gets knocked off the ball, but still could send it in. Oh, that's an unmarked Oscar Rosano, and goal number two. I mean, he had chance to line that up with nobody on him. Instead of thinking about it, he just cranked it goalward. Bulls had a big 12-3 shot advantage at halftime, and I assume, frankly, they were just going to tack on. Their last two matches against Stetson were 3-1 to victories. Add to that, they've won eight in a row in the series and hadn't lost to Stetson since 1998. Unfortunately, I think the Bulls assumed that as well. They just did not come out with the same urgency. I'm not saying they were looking ahead to FIU, but it's human nature sometimes. That's why I call this game a lesson. Don't take anything for granted, even though if you think you are in control and underestimate the opponent. Stetson, even though back into A-Sun play and a big one against Lipscomb for the Hatters this weekend, they weren't just thinking, well, let's just play it out. They wanted to at least get a tie. Remember, they had tied five of their ten matches, including the last two, and they did more than that. Here's how, starting with the moment that could have given the Bulls a put-away goal, it went from, uh, to uncomfortable to, uh-oh. Slots it back to Ashmere Spengler. He gives it right back to Gomina. Approaches the penalty box. Low pass to Rosano. Chance for a hat trick, and it goes off the post. It hit. A Stetson player still would have counted as a third goal and a hat trick for Oscar. Just that close. The top of the box and low and sent away by Helsemeyer. Now Benton Curler and headed down and that's a goal. There it is. We've been talking about it for the last 20 minutes. The Stetson Hatters have been knocking on the door and with 11.47 to go, the Hatters have tied this thing up. If they can score here in the final seconds, 
They're ecstatic. And now Toro into the box. Dangerous sent across is a one-on-one chance, and it's a goal. Hatters take the lead with 47 seconds left. It was sent across. The initial save was made, but it came right back out, and the Bulls are going to lose this game. The Hatters, like I said, would be ecstatic with a win, and they're about to be ecstatic. It was off of two players. The first attempt was a shot. It wasn't going to score, and Delgado got his foot on the ball as it was about to get towards the goalkeeper for the Bulls, Jackson Wyman. Consider this game a lesson learned for USF. Namely, the lesson being you got to bring it all the time. The Bulls did not have an issue of bringing it against Tulsa on Sunday night. It just looked like they were a step slow. And with all due respect to Stetson, and I truly mean this, and by the way, we didn't properly credit right off the goal, but that tying goal was scored by a kid from Palm Harbor U, Daniel Wintermeyer, who's in his fifth year, and that was his first career goal as a defensive player, so credit to him. And again, credit them for outplaying the Bulls. But you can't tell me that Stetson's a better team than USF. But last night, for the second half, the Hatters were because they played better. Now, the Bulls did not have Takura Moriyama on the field. i got to mention him because he has been a junior college transfer. He's not going to have any stats because he's a defensive midfielder, but he is so good not just at distributing, but leaping into possible dangerous situations. Last night... You could really feel his absence, especially on those last two goals when opportunities were granted a little bit too easily to the Stetson Hatters. Bulls fall to 3-4-3 and on the season. Mariama, I'm sure, will be back on Sunday for that important conference matchup hosting FIU. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's show. Here's what Brian Gregory had to say on the football radio show as a guest with Jim Lauk and Joey Johnson on the biggest story this offseason, or at least one of them, the visa, finally cleared up visa issues and saga of center Russell Chiwa. And it, it's inconvenient and it's difficult, but it was more than that, wasn't it? It was a little bit frightening. It, it, it was. It, it, it got to a point where there was great concern, you know, and, and me as a coach, it was great concern for this young man because he was over there and he was getting frustrated and he had a concern and his family had the concern. And, and because of the, the way it works, he just couldn't get any answers. And we exhausted every resource known to mankind to try to figure it out. And I think what ended up happening is all of them coming together is what turned the tides and we're able to get his, his documentation looked at and realize that there was just a clerical error there and, and to get him back in the States. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, he, he's probably still, he, he's in good condition and good shape and, and can go through workouts and all this stuff. But he missed two months of playing with the guys. And so we're still probably a couple weeks away in terms of his feel, but also our guys. We played the whole summer without a post player. You can hear all of what he had to say along with Coach Scott. We replay that football radio show plenty leading up to Saturday's kickoff. Of course, Thursday also means 2007 football classics. Get ready to hear those. And again, follow us on Twitter for the full schedule at Bulls Unlimited. Tomorrow, included on the show, my conversation with the man himself, Russell Chiwa. But that'll wrap up the Thursday program. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.